Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Well, we all know that this week is the week that we scrutinize Singapore's budget. But what about your personal budget? We want to get you on track when it comes to getting the best car insurance policy, planning for your wedding, and if you're looking for a home, what are the best home loans out there? My friends from financial comparison site Money Smart are joining me live this morning. Chris Ng is head of mortgage. How are you, Chris? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, okay. We're hearing you loud and clear. Aaron Chow is a general insurance specialist at Money Smart. Good morning, Aaron. Bye. Okay, good to have you both with us. We're going to start off with Chris. Are you going to help us out when it comes to home loans? When it oh, comes yes, to- I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everywhere you go, people want to know. Chris, when it comes to HGBs, we know there's a HGB loan and then that you can take a loan with a private bank. What are some considerations between deciding between either? Okay, so basically, if you look at loans in general, they come in two forms. Main group is either a fixed or floating, right? So I'm not going to go too in-depth about floating. They come in different categories of floating, based on the underlying index. So if you look at it in a way, right now, it's between a HDB loan directly or from a bank loan. Mm-hmm. Bank loan rates have been lower than HDB for a long time and has remained lower than HDB. A HDB's concessionary rate today is at 2.6%. Whereas a bank loan for a fixed rate of say two to five years is uh, between 1.8 to 2%. So in that sense, you know, taking from the bank has its benefit of having a lower interest rate. But of course, there are certain regulations to fulfill, mm. right? Okay. What are some of the regulations? Well, for if you're taking a bank loan versus an HDB, firstly is that you have to pay mandatory 5% in cash. Right, versus taking direct from HTB. You do not have to come out the first 5% of your purchase price in cash. Besides the option fee, the rest of it can be from CPF as well. Right? And for bank loans, they are restricted to maximum 75% to your purchase price or valuation, whichever is lower. Whereas for HDB loans, they tend to be able to go up to higher, almost to a 90%. Okay. Love the figures, by the way. So it really depends on how much cash in hand you want mm-hmm. to have or to spend on your property, so to speak, right? Right. Okay. So help us figure out the debate between floating and fixed mortgage rates. There are different types of, of floating rates, right? Chris, could you walk us through some? Sure. So firstly, I'll just explain in a broad stroke what floating rates and what a fixed rate, right? Floating rates just means that they are typically packed to an underlying index that the bank determines with a spread, okay? So underlying index can be a market index like the cyborg rates itself. So the banks will charge you at cyborg plus 0.3, 0.4, which is the spread. So or they can pack it against their own internal board rate index or a fixed deposit rate that they carry as well. Okay. Right? So because the underlying uh, tranches, they are not fixed. So hence, it's the floating rate itself. Whereas the fixed rate is straightforward. It's this rate that is fixed for two years or five years or three years or four years. It's fixed for that period. Okay. So I'm going to ask the questions that I think men on the street wants to ask sometimes. So when it comes to market fluctuations, can you help us understand the difference between the CYBOR and the SOAR rates? S-O-R? Okay, so- yeah. Basically, CYBOR is not being used by the banks for housing loans anymore, right? In short, there's just CYBOR and SOAR difference is that SOAR is actually derived from CYBOR with the inclusion of the USD, SGD, exchange, uh, forward exchange rates included itself. 
So SOAR has always tend to be slightly higher than the CYBOR itself, mm. but the banks are not carrying it today. So there's only the CYBOR package to look for if you want to have a market index floating rate. Ah, interesting. Okay, and what yeah. is the CYBOR? Can you help us explain that? Okay, CYBOR is uh, basically the Singapore Interbank offer rate itself. So it's, you can put it in a way that is the interest rate of borrowing from bank to bank, you know, in terms of a huge amount. In terms of historical trends, does that fluctuate in a big way? Well, in terms of historical trend, it does have certain impact by the Fed rate itself. Ah. So if, if you look at historical rates, it, it, it has went up to like 3-4% in the past before, right? Subsequently coming down to, you know, below 2% and of course 208 with the Lehman Brothers crash itself, where US Fed rates went to zero. Similarly, the cyber rates here went down to like 0.3, 0.4% and has maintained there for a long time, right? When the US started to increase their Fed rates itself, you also saw a similar trend with the cyber rates coming up to about 1.7% today. Okay. So when it comes to picking a home insurance package, we know last year there were three rate cuts by the Fed. Uh, this year, mm. the consensus among economists is the Fed will pause a rate cut. Uh, given the situation right now, is it a good idea to aim for a floating mortgage? Okay. So basically, in the past, you would have this question. Okay, this is my personal opinion, right? In the past, you would weigh... You know, the difference, should I take a floating or should I take a fix? Because the fix is always priced at a premium over float, right? Yeah. To give you a guaranteed rate, it has to be priced at a certain premium above. So, you know, your point with that, hey, should I take a floating and enjoy a lower rate and have a little bit of exposure to risk that it might go up? And hence, that's a consideration. Today, current market is a little bit different. Uh, current market, if you look at floating rates, they are hovering at 2%, you know. Like what I mentioned, Cyborg is at 1.7. With a markup spread, it's hovering at 2% on the offer rate itself to, to the consumers. Whereas for fixed rate, you know, you're looking at anything from 1.8 for two years six, or even slightly below if your, your loan size is of a you know, substantial amount, all the way up to five years for 2%, right? So when the floating rate is lower than the fixed rate, uh, mm. my opinion is that you should take what is guaranteed up front. Hmm. Right, rather than to take a gamble on a potential drop. So even if it drops, right, it probably will drop like what zero point three percent, maybe in the likelihood. Mm-hmm. It just brings it back down to be slightly lower than the fixed rate, uh, you know. So it's always very advisable to take a fixed rate, in my opinion, unless you are different kind of customers that you do not want to lock in because you are potential investors who has a short-term need to want to let go of the property. All right. Great advice there. Joining me also on the line, Aaron Chow is a general insurance specialist from Money Smart. In just a while, we're going to talk about wedding budget planning, but I know home loans is a hot topic amongst our listeners. So <laughs> I understand that when it comes to refinancing, this is often overlooked by Singaporeans? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> Why? Well, firstly, it's the understanding about how mortgage works, right? So most of us are used to viewing a loan as a bad thing, right? And that's not totally untrue. If you're looking at, say, most loans, they are usually like compounded a 10 years, 20 years interest up front, you know, and you owe the principal with the future interest together mm. at a higher amount to the bank or to the FI that offers you the loan. But housing loan, it doesn't work that way, right? So it's on a amortization, it's a reducing balance basis. That means the interest is recalculated on a monthly basis. And the moment if you pay off today, you do not incur the future interest of the next 10, 20 or 30 years. 
So firstly, it's understanding about how is it calculated. Once you understand about how is it calculated, mm-hmm. you know, then you understand that when refinancing, you are not losing out because when you refinance to a new package, the future interest of this package is not being calculated to load on to you, right? And you do not restart the loan altogether because most people think that loans is like, I owe you the principal plus the future interest to load up. Instead of owing you now 1 million, I owe you now 1.2 million. It doesn't restart in that way. So it's just calculated on a monthly reducing balance. So anytime that you're able to refinance mm-hmm. to a different bank mm-hmm. or even with the same bank, known as repricing, to obtain a lower rate than what you're paying at, it's a good thing. Okay. As long as they give you that lower rate to begin with, because people might fear, oh, I'm older when I am going for this refinancing. Am I therefore going to get a loan that isn't as attractive as a loan that I could get when I was younger because of the spread, you know? <laughs> well, that's not true in a way because if you look at the way banks' packaging are, right, typically the most attractive rates are within the first two to three years, within yes. the lock-in period, mm. after which it's floating rates that goes higher and higher itself, right? Mm. So it's not uncommon for me to see customers who have not touched their loans for years and they are paying like 28 to 3.5% today. I can able to get them the new package rates, which is relatively around the 1.8% mark. So it, it will definitely be in their benefit to change to a new package itself. The only consideration that they fear is that am I at an older age whereby can, can I still pass for the loan approval? Do I still get the loan tenure that I need? I mean, those worries are also a bit unfounded. There are ways of calculation that's mandated by MAS itself. Mm-hmm. And if the property is for owner occupation, there's certain relaxation on it versus a property that's for investment. Wow, Chrisung, you've just made yourself the most popular guy on this show, <laughs> helping yeah. us out with our mortgage. All right, so do you have some tips that three different kinds of groups of people heading for mortgages should think about? So there's a first-timer, there's the upgrader, and then there's a seasoned investor. Do you have some tips for each group? Well, I mean, if today I look at the three groups, if it's talking about a new loan that they're taking now, the tip will be the same. I would recommend to go for a fixed rate if possible because whether you're first-timer, upgrader or seasoned investors, the regulation of having the three-year seller stamp duty means that you're not going to be disposing of the period in the short term, right? right? So don't be afraid to have something with a lock-in period of two to three years. That will typically get you a better rate than something with no lock-in. Go for a fix if possible. After the period is over and when you are also out of your sales stamp duty period, reassess your loan situation again, right? It's not a straightforward decision to make for like 20, 30 years. It doesn't hold true for the whole period. So typically, you reassess your situation every two to three years. What is your intent with the property itself? For first-timers and upgraders, I would advise to also take the maximum loan tenure available. I mean, the concept of what people have is that the longer loan period I take, you know, the more total interest I pay. Right. Which is true. It's true, right? But the interest is not compounded upfront to load to what you owe the bank in principle, right? Mm. So when you take a longer loan tenure for the first three years to five years, right, the total interest you pay is very marginal, but it gives you a better cash flow management into your monthly installment, having a longer loan tenure equates to a lower installment so that, you know, after a few years of owning the property, you're more certain of your cash flow 
and everything to know exactly what you want to do, you know, then there's no problem to shorten the loan tenure uh, later on because in the first timer or upgrader potentially, you have other costs like that to renovate your house, to buy your furniture mm-hmm. and other things. Indeed. Great advice there. Thank you so much. Uh, and people can head to Money Smart to figure out which loans best suit them. I'm sure you have little fields for them to fill up as well so they can I suppose, visualize what the payments will be. Oh, yes. While they can get uh, some information going through the calculators and the rates packages available, mm-hmm. but we do have a team of mortgage specialists here with us. And it's always best to have a, you know, over the phone advice because while generally most groups are pretty similar, but, you know, Every customer may have some slight different circumstances, be it due to their income and work or the type of property or what they are doing with it. So it's better to be able to speak to our mortgage specialist to give a more customized advice on what is more recommended for their current needs and situation. All right, so they can call Money Smart and speak to this team of specialists, hey? Yes, that's right. That's terrific. Chris Ng there. We're going to switch gears and thanks so much, Chris. Aaron Chow is a general insurance specialist from Money Smart. Oh, let's revisit car insurance premiums. Help us get the, the best and cheapest car insurance premiums. Where should I be looking besides Money Smart, obviously? Uh, what should I be looking out for? Right, there are many good insurance policies that cater to all uh, drivers, right? We also know that there's no one-size-fits-all product, no. right? Yeah. yeah, like all, right? So basically, we have several insurers with comprehensive plans, right, for you to consider. Mm. So in our platform, we have these options that you can choose for customers. Like number one would be the choice of workshops, right? These options allow customers to use. Any of their preferred workshops in Singapore, since most Singaporeans have a regular mechanic they can trust, Okay. Yeah. Then go to courtesy car. In the event that the customer car is in the repair, now some of the insurers do provide courtesy car, so the customer can still have a car to use, right? Instead mm-hmm. getting a taxi somewhere else or grab or not, that kind of like not <laughs> heavy save their money. So courtesy car will be good right. to have at least with them. Yeah. And transport allowance. So some customers do not wish to have a courtesy car. Well, I just want to see some bus, right? I want to just get a daily transport allowance. I always will do. So that well, what, can what be What is the range for transport allowance, daily transport allowance like? Well, depending on the plan itself, 40 to $70 or even more. Okay. Yeah, depending on the plan itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Right. So you want to give some tips that people should keep in mind when choosing insurance, car insurance for themselves, besides, you know, choice of workshop and whether or not you're going to get an allowance. Mm-hmm. I mean, people often look at like things, should you be involved in an accident, what the payout's going to be like. Right. So there are, of course, there's some of the things that you're going for. For example, if you have a good NCD, right, that's 50%. For sure, you get 50% lower of your premium, Right, that's one of them to have save money. And if you have the installation cameras, some insurers give you discounted as well, right? And it comes with the low mileage when you drive the car. So these are the few tips that you know you can get into when at, in terms of the saving a few dollars here and there. Mm-hmm. All right. As we talk about wedding budget planning, first up, Aaron, yeah. Yeah. you're going to help me, yeah. us. Uh, yes, you have. I mean, I had my wedding before a long, long time ago. Wonderful. Right? So you speak from yeah. experience, right? Yeah. In this day and age, how do you suggest couples finance their weddings? What's the best way to do it? Well, of course, they need to set up the budget, right? What is the items they're looking for and what are the stuff they're thinking about? Right? Budget, right? You have to think about your budget, budget. first and then yes. finance it 
preferably by, with your savings, right? Yes. Do people take loans out to finance their weddings? Mm, so far, so good they are. If they, you know, there's not enough cash, they need to make a very glam wedding, Ooh. right? Of course, they need to have some personal loans per se, right, to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there, what are some of the most common money mistakes you think couples make when they're planning for their weddings? Well, first of all, of course, budget didn't plan carefully, so mm-hmm. they will overspend, no savings. Eventually, both of them upset, <laughs> right? Number one. Number two will be on, you know, what kind of, like, importantly, what kind of guests you want to invite as well, right? So, must plan carefully accordingly, and just in case if those guests are not around, what should they do? So, it's always come up with plan B, plan C. That be, helps a lot in terms of not into panic mode. Yeah. Have contingency plans. Hey, what's the average yeah. wedding like? Do you know the money, the figures behind it? <laughs> In terms of dollar and cents, that will range be about 20-ish to 40-ish, depending where you hold your wedding, at which mm. hotel or location, and depend on yearly, uh, what is the, the amount that, you know, that they come up with. Yeah, 20,000 to 40,000. Interesting. Certainly something to aim for. Well, thank you very much. Great tips there. Have a wonderful day, Aaron. Thank you. Aaron Ng is a general insurance specialist at Money Smart. And earlier you heard Chris Ng, head of mortgage at Money Smart. We've been looking at how to figure out what car insurance policy fits your pocket and your needs best, how to plan for a wedding, and things to think about when considering the best home loan for yourself. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.